0: Good morning Parkway Church. How y'all doing today? Good. Good. I am so glad you're here with us today. My name is Mike. I'm the senior pastor here and it's my privilege week in and week out to open the Bible with you and to continue our journey through scripture together. We're in the middle of a series entitled Unstoppable where we're looking at how the church of Jesus was born. We looked in week one and saw the unstoppable power of God. When Jesus told his followers, he he made a promise and he made a prediction. The prediction was, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And then the promise was, you will be my witnesses. You're going to go out in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. and, and, And because of that, the church is a God thing. And the church is a good thing when she's committed to the right things. And then last week, we looked at the unstoppable message of God. That the, the, the people of the day tried to contain the message. The people of the day tried to stop it from spreading. The people of the day tried to change it, tweak it, twist it, manipulate it. But the word of God is unchangeable and the word of God is unstoppable. And we looked at the power of the word in the life of the church today. Well, As we continue in t- this series, today we're going to look at, a, at the, the next step. The unstoppable mission of God in the church. And as we think about the unstoppable mission of God in the church, this is one of those talks that that, that is going to be challenging to every one of us here. One of those talks that you and I need to just buckle up and get ready for. So you ready? You buckled up? All right, Well, let's roll. Recently, social media has been filled with images from the movie Bird Box. Now, if you haven't seen this movie, Bird Box is a movie that Netflix put out just before Christmas. And in this movie, the storyline of the movie is there's this evil entity. And if you see the evil entity, then that evil entity will cause you to hurt yourself, kill yourself. And so in the movie, you see the characters going through the story blindfolded. Have you guys seen that on social media? And you're like, oh, I finally understand what that's about. Well, Sandra Bullock goes through the movie uh, blindfolded, trying to protect herself and her family. And and that bird box challenge has become something that others have picked up on social media as well. Very soon, teenagers started putting on their, their blindfolds and started going about their everyday activities. Even the YouTuber Jake Paul did it behind the wheel of a car. In fact, he wasn't the only teenager that put the blindfold on and went behind the wheel. In fact, there was a teenager in Utah. Surprisingly, there was an accident. I mean, who would have thought it? If I live life blindfolded, there's going to be some problems. Well, today, as we look at the story of God, we're going to take some blindfolds off. Because YouTube came this week and said, We're not doing any more prank videos, we're not doing any more I dare you videos. So if YouTube says that we must take off the blindfolds and get back to the business of watching people fall and do silly things online, then as a church today, I want to call us to take off a blindfold. And the blindfold is this, there is a cost to following Jesus, a lot of times in the church, we want to leave the blindfold on and say, there's no cost to following Jesus. There's no price to pay if I do what Jesus says to do. I'm going to leave the blindfold on and say, it's only blessings. It's only, it's only cotton candy and unicorns. That's all it is. But instead, there is a cost to following Jesus. And we're going to see it. The church lives it out in this unstoppable mission of God. As you think about your life, the life of a disciple is one who's believed in Jesus for eternal life and is following Jesus for all of their lives. Let's look at that together. As you look at your your life and your faith, to be crystal clear, if you've believed in Jesus, you're a Christian. There's no price for you to pay to be a Christian because Jesus paid that price on the cross. Jesus won that victory when he was raised again from the dead. But if we leave it there, we're leaving the blindfold on. If we leave it there, we're not telling you the whole story. Because a disciple is one who's believed in Jesus for eternal life and is following him with all of their life. You see it? There is no cost for you to, to have faith and to be a Christian. There is great cost for you to actually follow Jesus with your life. You can be a believer because Christ paid the price for you. But you being a disciple means there's work and sacrifice and struggle. There's great cost. In fact, Jesus says we should count the costs before we follow him. And the early church is gonna gonna show us how you and I can say yes to the mission of God and can go through our everyday life growing as disciples no matter the cost we pay. So if you brought your Bible, let's open up together. We're going to start in Acts chapter 8, verses 1 through 3. Acts chapter 8, here's what the Bible says. And Saul approved of their killing him. We'll get back to that in just a second. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house he dragged off both men and women and he put them in prison. So when we last saw the church the disciples were hanging out on Solomon's porch and they were healing people. When we last saw the church the disciples had been arrested and then freed by God to preach the word. And they considered it great joy to be considered worthy of the suffering for preaching the gospel. Well the The pressure, the heat on the local church only grew. The pressure and the heat on those that were sharing the message of Jesus only grew. In fact, it grew to the point where the first person to give his life because he's a believer in Jesus, recorded in scripture, his name is Stephen. He stood boldly before the the leaders and and he declared that that they they were stiff necks and they had uncircumcised hearts. They were not following God and he made it crystal clear. And so they killed him. They stoned him with rocks. And could that stop the message of God? No. Because the message of God is unstoppable. When they stoned Stephen, you know what they actually did? They unleashed the unstoppable mission of God. Because you see what happened. On that day that Stephen was, per- was killed... A great persecution, which means people were being punished, hurt, harmed because they're believers. A great persecution broke out. And everyone except the apostles was scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. What did Jesus promise? He promised that they would be his witnesses in Jerusalem. That's where the apostles are. In Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so this persecution, people being hurt because they were following Jesus was actually Jesus delivering on his promise to make them his witnesses wherever they went. And then we get to see this man, Saul. He was there when Stephen was killed. And he goes from house to house, dragging off both men and women and putting them in prison. You see Saul trying to kill the church. Last week, the wisdom of Gamaliel was... Don't fight against it. Because if the church is a God thing, no man could stop it. But if it's a human thing, it'll fizzle out. And now we see them trying to make it a human thing instead of a God thing. By killing and by by putting people in prison, they're going to try and stop the church from being the church. And what these disciples will soon show us is there's a price to pay for following Jesus. But it is so worth paying that price because we're a part of the unstoppable mission of God. As we look at the world around us, some would say that persecution doesn't happen like that anymore. Even in a country like America where we have the freedom. Guaranteed to us by our constitution, guaranteed to us by our forefathers and those who defend it today, guaranteeing us the, the right to worship freely and to speak as we want. But persecution still happens today. Persecution happens today in our world when Christians are targeted, when there's a special eye put on believers because they want to make sure that you're doing everything you say you're doing as a follower of Christ. The standard's higher for you because you follow Jesus in other people's eyes. The standard's higher. You're targeted. Sometimes believers are mocked for their faith. I had a friend that was telling me a story of a conversation he had with a coworker. And he told his co-worker that his wife once had cancer. And the coworker who didn't believe in Jesus said, Where was your God in that? Mocking God to this friend who's a believer in Christ. I loved my friend's response. He said, you know where God is in that? I didn't just punch you for saying that. That's where God is. God's here because I didn't just punch you. He's changed me. You can't mock my God. Sometimes believers in today's day and age... They're physically hurt or harmed for believing in Jesus. Just this Christmas, churches in China were shut down, boarded up, and believers hauled away. Well, you would expect that in a place like China. But what about when believers throughout the globe, in fact, there's more persecution happening today than any other age before us? What about believers? who feel pressured to deny their faith. That's real in our country. And if you're a believer who feels pressured to deny your faith, you know what Jesus says? Pray for those who persecute you. When you feel pressured, you can pray. When you feel labeled, and it never ever feels good to be labeled, we're going to see in just a minute that the early disciples were first called Christians. Because of the persecution, because of the unstoppable mission of God, it doesn't feel good to be labeled. Especially when the label for most Christians today, if we stand with our convictions, is not consistent with who we are or who we want to be. They will say we're bigoted. They will say that we are scared or phobic of whomever or whatever. But that is not the heart of Christ at work in his church. That's not the church empowered by the spirit of God pointing people to the cross of Christ. It's not who we are. When you're labeled, what do you do? You love. Jesus said, they will know you are my followers. They will know you are my disciples by your love for one another. If you want to undo a label that anyone has put on you, love them like Christ loves you. And love them like Christ loves the church. And when you're mocked, what do you do? You minister. When you're mocked for your faith, what do you do? You minister all the more according to the power that's at work in you. So you might feel pressured. You might feel labeled. You might feel mocked. And when you do, you're a part of the unstoppable mission of God at work through his church. This week, I've got a modern day example of persecution. This week, Karen Pence, she's the wife of our vice president. This week, Karen Pence was all over the news because she took a job teaching at a Christian school. And she took a job teaching art at a Christian school in Northern Virginia. And people were outraged that she would take a job at a Christian school that was consistent with her convictions religiously and consistent with her platform politically. People were outraged. How could she be such a bigot? How could she be such such as this? How could she do it? Well, friends, that's a lady who's acting according to her convictions. That's a lady who's acting according to her beliefs, and she's doing it in a place it's so consistent with who she is and what she wants to do. And she's teaching art. And yet here she is getting targeted. That's real life persecution. And I am so proud of our VP standing up and saying it's not about that. It's not fair to target her, it's not fair to come at her for teaching and doing according to her convictions, according to her beliefs. That she's a Christian who believes in Jesus and and, and sees the world biblically. That's not new news. And yet they're targeting her for it like it is. That's persecution. Now let me tell you what's not persecution. This week, Gillette put out an ad. Yeah? Yeah? You guys saw this? And it, it's, it's the Me Too movement, and it's, uh, it's, the, the, it's all sorts of things. And their tagline at the end is, is that the best a man could get? And we saw so many men on social media and on political talk this week get outraged. That Gillette would ask, is that the best a man could get? And they started feeling targeted. They started feeling pressured. Men started feeling... Like they should speak up and speak out against this question. Is that the best a man can get? Let me tell you, that's not persecution, fellas. That's not persecution. Persecution is when we're targeted because of our faith in Jesus. Persecution is when we're targeted because of what we believe and how we live according to our faith. That challenge from Gillette. (laughs) You know the Christian men should have been the first ones standing up and saying, You're right. Because when men mistreat women, that's not the best that they can get. When men don't act like servant leaders and lead with others in mind, that's not the best a man could get. When we hurt instead of help others, that's not the best a man can get. And yet here we had conservatives and some Christians being offended that a razor company is more challenging to them than the word of God is. Do you get it? Do you see it? That, oh, it, obviously it got to me a little bit. I'm going to move on. And don't send me any Gillette razors just for support. <laughs> so the question: When the church was pressured, would the message be contained? Acts four, Acts eight, four through eight. Let's keep reading. Those who'd been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in the city." Would this persecution stop the message of God from spreading? Would this persecution actually seek to advance the mission of God? It absolutely would. Jesus said, you'll be my witnesses when you receive power and you'll go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so what do we see here? We see those that were scattered because they were persecuted. They preached the word wherever they went. When you are convicted that the message of God is unchangeable, and it's timely for all people in all seasons. Wherever you go and whatever happens to you, you will be a part of God's unstoppable mission. See, there's something about believers, disciples who say, "I've believed in Jesus and now I'm following him with all my life." There's something about those type of people that no matter what they're going through, they ask the question, "How can God use this for his glory?" And how can God bring about good in me through this? And the disciples answered that question very easily. I can bring God glory by preaching wherever I go. They say, stop, so what am I going to do? I'm going to preach. They are jailing people because of their faith in Christ. What am I going to do? I'm going to fill up the jails because I'm going to invite people to believe in Jesus and they're going to find life in him. That brings God glory. And what's the good? For me, the good is that I'm walking in God's will. The good is that I'm trusting Him for my life. The good is I get to be a part of what He's doing. So, what happened when the church was squeezed in Acts? When the people were persecuted, they preached. When the church was scattered, they served. When the church spread, joy was experienced. I love it when they talk about Philip's ministry. There was great joy in the city because Jesus is being preached and the power of God was on display. Friends, as you look at your life, what's the message of the cross tell you today about how you're living for God's glory and how he's bringing about your good? You see, that cross is our forever reminder that where men thought they stopped the message of God, God Raised Jesus to life. When men thought they could contain the story of God with a stone rolled in front of a tomb, that stone was rolled away and the sun was raised again. You see, that cross says God will get glory and God will do good even through the worst moments in history and mankind. What's God doing in you right now for his glory and for your good? You see, that cross of Christ reminds us of love and grace for all men and all women. Last week, the disciples were blown away that they were considered worthy to suffer for the gospel. Oh, how I long for believers to instead of shrinking back when they suffer, but instead they serve. Instead of pulling back when they're persecuted, they preach. Instead of thinking something's wrong because they're paying a price, they seek to pay the personal price all the more to be faithful to Jesus for the glory of God and for their good. Now let's jump to Acts chapter 11. Acts 11, 19 through 21. Now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed Traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the word only among Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to the Greeks. And so here's a like a a similar moment. Here's Here's a moment where the church will never be the same. Up to this point, it was preached to Jews and Jews alone. And now we see these men go to Antioch and begin to speak to the Greeks, speak to those who don't have any historical relationship with God. And what happened? Telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. Verse 21. The Lord's hand was with them. And a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. You see, this was a God thing. That the Spirit of God would be so real in these lives and be so apparent through signs and wonders and through direct teaching about Jesus that the Spirit of God would be so real in that moment that many would turn and believe. Even those who weren't looking for a Messiah as Jews were now believing in Jesus as their Savior because of the preaching of the Word of God. This is the Spirit of God at work. It's the unstoppable power of God at work in the church. Friends, it's the Spirit of God, that very same Spirit that spread the gospel, Jesus, just as Jesus promised, that Spirit of God is at work in us as well. That boldness that the apostles had to go through whatever they were going through to pay the price for following Christ, that same Spirit lives in you and me. And so we can be bold. We can be brave. We can experience the victory, God's glory, and our good. We can The other thing that the Spirit of God reminds us, and this is such good news, no matter what I'm going through, no matter the price that I'm paying for following Jesus, He is with me. Jesus told His followers in Matthew to go and make disciples and to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he said he would be with them always until the very end of the age. See, when we talk about the Great Commission, we love saying, go and make disciples, go and baptize, go and teach. But friends, can we also hold on to the promise that he is with us always until the very end of the age? If you have to go to the plant and pay a price for your faith, you need to know that Jesus is with you. If you have to go to school and voice your convictions despite your friends mocking you, you need to know that Christ is with you. If you need to live your new faith in your family in such a way that your teenagers wonder what's up with mom and dad, you need to know that Jesus is with you. And he will be with you always until the very end of the age. So no matter what you're going through, no matter the price you're paying, You can count on it. God is with you. And he's working for his glory and your good in every situation. And so my encouragement, my challenge, my focus for the day as we get ready to pray is simply, what is God doing in you right now that others might see as evil, others might see as bad? Others might see as loss, but it's not evil, it's not bad, it's not a loss. It's God at work bringing about your good for his glory. It's not loss, it's gain because you're walking with Jesus. What is God doing in your world right now? That others might look and say, why are you following God going through that? And you say, I can only follow God as I go through that. What's going on in your life that might seem like it's limiting what God is doing? But it's actually unlocking the door for God to move even more freely and for God to do what he's already told you he would do in your life. Without the persecution, the church wouldn't have spread. Not as it did. Without the problems, there wouldn't have been the great faith. Without the struggle, there wouldn't have been the victory that everyone knew. So what is God doing in you right now for his glory and your good? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the chance to open your word today. And God, I pray that as we take the blindfold off and just get honest about life, that there is a price that comes with following you. There's a cost to pay to be obedient to you and to follow you. God, may you also remind us that you are with us always. May you also remind us that your spirit empowers us. And that as you spread us out, your kingdom is strengthened. As you stretch us and test us and try us through difficult times, our faith is strengthened. God, that no man, no woman, no thing can stop your work in us and through us. It's unstoppable. Church family, as you pray, maybe you need to ask the question to God. What's going on in my life that I'm blindfolded to right now that could be used for your glory and my good if I saw it? What's going on in my life right now that others might think is bad but you say it's good. Others might mean it for evil, but you mean it for your purposes. Others might see loss, but God you see victory. What is it? It's going on in your life today that could be used for God's glory and your good. Church family, as you pray, you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you've never believed in Him for life, your first step is to believe. He paid the price for your sins. Your first step is to believe that as the Bible says, Jesus is the Savior and Lord of all. And He invites you to respond to Him and to find life in Him by faith and faith alone in Christ. If today's your day, you can mark it with a prayer, you can pray. Jesus, I believe. I believe that I'm a sinner who needs a savior and you are the savior of the world. Thank you for coming for me, for dying in my place and being raised again from the dead. Today, I believe. Thank you for giving me life. As we continue to pray, if today was your day to believe, let somebody know. Tell that friend that brought you, Use a response card in front of you. Or better yet, stop by the information center and pick up a new believer's kit. There's a Bible and some other resources to help you get growing in your walk with Christ. It's our free gift to you. God, as you work in our church, we thank you. And we prepare now as we give our lives, we prepare to give to you who's given so freely to us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.